This is Grown Up With Kids, the parenting and marriage podcast that gives a weekly dose of encouragement, wisdom, and humor for people trying their best to live, love, and laugh more with their families. Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, today we talk about modeling behavior for better and for worse, plus David's Mario Kart temper tantrums and why we're throwing burritos. Podcast. <laughs> hey Smith. Hey Rachel, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, doing pretty well, yeah. other than uh, getting my butt kicked at some Mario Kart, <laughs> which shouldn't mean uh, as much to me as it does. It but means, it means a lot. It does because you have spent the majority of our marriage actually beating me, and the majority. Whoa, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> beating you at a video <laughs> game. <laughs> Good clarification. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, beating me at a video game, at all video games, and who beat you today? Uh, well, you beat me several times, actually. True, yes. Which was difficult. Which was awesome. And I've come to realize that I may never, never beat our kids again. Yeah. Or at least one or two of them who have now surpassed me in their Mario Kart skills. And my yeah. Mario Kart skills are not very high, But they were the highest in the house for a long time, and now I'm just middle of the road. Yeah, and what about your wrestling skills? Are you winning at that? Uh, Yes. But you have to try hard? I have to try pretty hard. (laughs) Not with me. We don't wrestle. No. As the kids get bigger, um, it becomes more difficult for me to win easily, and it is much more difficult for me to get out without being injured. Usually mildly injured, but somehow injured. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. You know, you do the little airplane thing, or I do the airplane thing where you like balance the kids on your feet. Now, all three of them are almost too big for me to do that anymore. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Yeah, they're taking over, but it's also really freeing <laughs> because they can do so many things on their own. It's awesome. I know, but no one tells you that the airplane stage comes to an end. Yeah, I know. And uh, you sort of assume it will when they're teenagers, but. Yeah, but you, you don't, won't realize that you'll miss it a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, it hurts. I, that's another area where I get injured when I try to do airplane with a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't end well. No, I agree. Someone usually falls flat on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Not on their face. Like their belly hits my face or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> so uh, we're, we played Mario Kart today. Yeah, um, we did. Which is one of my favorite things to do, and it's Mother's Day. So I'm happy about that. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. To you and to everyone listening. It'll be after Mother's Day, but hope you had a wonderful day. Yep, and maybe if you ordered your gifts late, they're coming this week sometime. Yeah. We didn't think ahead a ton, (laughs) and I feel badly about that. I just, I mean, I'm not good at planning ahead, as you know, because I went with the boys at 8.15 last night to get... (laughs) We had, it was planned, but that's when we actually went to go get some things to do breakfast this morning for you. And that's how I roll, is pretty last minute. But I feel even more overwhelmed about thinking about what's going to happen in two weeks or a month right now, mm-hmm. living in this like quarantine world. Yeah. Is that, is that your experience? Yeah, I think that I am, I'm thinking a lot about just day-to-day function right now. Like things are not in a natural rhythm or at a natural pace. And so um, it just takes a lot more effort to think through the day. 
you know, like grocery shopping used to be like, oh, I'll just run to the store and I'll get what I need. And the biggest part of that was trying to make a list and make a plan. And now the the plan and the list is like the easiest part. Now I have to remember my face mask and I have to remember to make sure I bring like Clorox wipes if I want to wipe down my cart or it's just, it's a thing. Like now it's a thing. Everything's a thing. Everything's a thing. <laughs> yes. And I don't mind like we can wait as long as we need to wait and do what we need to do to make sure everyone's safe. But it is definitely, it's definitely taking up more brain capacity for me. Yeah. I agree, and I feel like I have very little brain capacity by the end of the day, yeah. which is when I would usually think about some of these longer-term things. Yeah, like Mother's Day. Like Mother's Day. Right. So I ended up getting my mom a uh, Grubhub thing uh, where she'd have breakfast delivered to her. Um, very creative. Which was ended up being pretty creative. They live in a pretty metropolitan area, so it was a little easier than your mom, mm-hmm. who lives in, like out a bit like yes a ways <laughs> so it was harder uh yeah i did look at grubhub and instacart and uber eats and none of them operate where she lives that's what <laughs> awesome. her website still makes so yeah there you go there you go um so we were playing video games and <laughs> i was losing yep and i wasn't happy about it yeah. I was playfully unhappy, but I wasn't happy about it. And uh, it made you laugh because I'm like yelling and <laughs> <laughs> getting mad at the game. <laughs> yes. Again, I think so, mostly in a playful manner. Like I can get mad about stuff like that, but I did not, I was not mad today. I, but I, there was like this sense of like, oh man, this is not going the way I want it to go. Right. And it was funny to me because we have been planning on podcasting about be- modeling behavior. <laughs> Like, modeling the behavior that we want our kids to um, emulate. And so, is that the right word, emulate? How'd I do today? Well, you did (laughs) fine-ish, mostly. (laughs) I mean, but it also, like, was evident when one of our kids was like, oh, crap. I was like, wait, what? And whoa, he's whoa. like, oh, are we not saying that? Whoa, I was like, oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. I'm not taking the fall for that one. You were the one no, who used I'm that word. No, I'm the words. one who used crap. Oh, okay. But then our son, one of them repeated yeah. it. And, and I you, was like, oh, dear. And you used it also sort of um, in a funny way. Like, you weren't really mad, but you had made a mistake playing cards. Right. And you're like, ah, oh, crap. And we all laughed. And then <laughs> 10 minutes later, one of our sons is like, crap. And we're like, what? And he's like, oh, we're not using that word? And then when we They were pick playing, up fast. They do. And then when we were playing video games, like two hours later, one of them was like, oh, crap. I can't get that. I was like, oh, my gosh. It's really, it really caught on today. Yes. Uh, so, Wildfire. Yeah, I, the reason I thought that, that was funny was because we are going to be podcasting about that. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's good to know that we fail at this. <laughs> Yes, and by this, we mean almost everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, the best we can do is be honest with our kids about how human we are, right? Right. That counts for something. It's got to. It does. So I've been thinking about this a little bit throughout the week. Um, this. So we're sitting in this world right now that is very different, but the types of things I'm thinking about and worried about in terms of spending time with our kids, teaching them the things that I think are important, uh, sort of just being with them. And, uh, you know, I don't know, like some of this is like tactical 
uh, or skill level things, like teaching them how to do things around the house. Not that I do anything around the house, but you know what I mean. Like, no, I don't do any. David, do you know what a hammer is? I've seen one. <laughs> you know, but like teaching them how to mow the yard, I do that and blow the leaves right. And there's other little things here and there that like it's clear that they want to do it and they just need to know how to do it. But then there's also just uh, I'm, I'm reading a book right now or listening to it. Uh, and it talked about how his mother, I think, um, kind of helped him think through uh, problems and he his punishments often were he had to write about it like why did you feel this way and what did you do and da, 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 and what was going on and why did your teacher you know punish you and he talks a little bit about how that helped him figure out his thoughts and what was going on and I'm like oh that's a good thing like I should be challenging our kids to think about why they believe these things or why they think that or why did why did the situation go this way and develop empathy so there's this whole array of things that I want to impart on our kids impart to our kids I don't know if you impart on or to Two. In? With? Four? <laughs> the bunny goes around the tree? I don't know. <laughs> um, I just know that none of those words should end your sentence. That's all I know. Oh, I feel like that rule's gone. I, it's got to be, because I end yeah. on the word of all the time. N- never get in trouble. I don't know who would get me in trouble, but... <laughs> like, <laughs> my boss you, isn't like, hey, you, you can't end, end <laughs> sentence on of. No prepositional phrases at the end. How do you end on of? Um... Oh, now you're making me think. So, like, if you're like, uh, the that's the flower that I am fond of, instead of saying that's oh. the flower of which I am fond, oh, which is yeah, the correct way to say weird. it, but yeah. it's just like you're just being obnoxiously, unless you're in a certain setting where you need to be correct, like you're just kind yeah. of being obnoxious. So you're just like, oh, that's the flower I'm fond of. Right, that makes sense. So those are the types of sentences. I say that a lot at work. I'm like, oh, there's the flower I'm fond of. <laughs> <laughs> and people just write back and be like, instead of being like, hey, you ended with a preposition, they're like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're the weirdest guy we know. <laughs> Seriously, stop emailing me. <laughs> Not only are you old, but you're also weird. <laughs> that is a funny part of your job is that you work with a lot of people who are younger than you on your yeah. team, and <laughs> they all make fun of your age. It's funny. Is it funny for you? <laughs> yes, because I'm younger. Of course it's funny. How much uh, younger are you, Rachel? Just one year. 13 months. Maybe a little longer than Thir- a year. Nope. Yeah, less than 13, <laughs> 13 months. 13 months. Yeah, so younger. Um, yeah, I'm going to be pretty old in two days. Yeah, you are. Um, so anyway, continue. What was I saying? Don't end with preposition. <laughs> no, no, no. So I don't know. I think there can be a lot of pressure. Uh, and I think actually what is different about COVID is not that this stuff – that like spending time with our kids, talking about the, these things with them is harder. It's actually that I feel a certain amount of pressure of like, when are we ever going to have this much time together? Yes. And am I missing my chance? And are they going to look back or am I going to look back and have all these regrets? Yeah. Like, and, am I using today to the fullest? And I didn't think that, I thought that a little bit before we were in quarantine together, but now that we really are with in quarantine in, together, like, yes, in quarantine and with excessive time on our hands, I am thinking more about like, am I am I making the most of all this time that I have? Because my goal and my intention is fully to just like, like you said, like impart all of this stuff onto them, and make sure that they are well informed. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, well, what did we do today? Like, I I don't I can't really even recollect what the intentional behavior I had was. Yeah. So I think. That those are good things to want. I think they're good things to fight for and to try to build time around. 
but I also think I want to offer myself and for you to offer yourself and for us to offer each other a fair amount of freedom and grace in that. Like that we're always going to feel that pressure and always feel like we didn't do enough. Yeah. And so let's do what we can. And some days are going to be good and some days will probably feel bad and some days will be somewhere in between. And then we can just be like, that was the day and it's, it is what it is and it's good. And let's wake up tomorrow and keep, you know, fighting for our kids. Yeah. Does that make sense? So not being resigned to we're going to be bad at this, but also having a certain amount of self-understanding that we are going to be bad at this sometimes and we can keep improving without beating ourselves up. Right. Like it's almost an under, I think we were talking earlier about this, that there's an understanding or a um, relationship, a positive relationship with our limitations. Um, and when we say out loud that we have limitations as parents, like there there's part of me that's like, oh my gosh, I have so much energy for these guys. You know, I, I would love to pour everything that I've got into them. Um, but humility begs for me to say, I have some limitations. And some of those limitations are selfish. Like I need a minute to go to the bathroom alone. I know that seems selfish, but you're being sarcastic. It's not I selfish. Am. It's pretty it's normal. Not. Yeah. But I do feel that like, Sometimes um, when they have so much of my time, I have a hard time separating from them and saying, no, it's very normal for me to go to the restroom alone or not even um, or like going alone, but even asking that their little fingers are not coming under the door saying, where are you? Where are you? Like, give me a moment of peace, you know? Yeah. Um, so well, it, I would even yeah. say there was a day within the last week or two where I think you had felt like I haven't had any space, I being you, um, and you're like, hey, can I go for a walk in the morning? And certainly work, made sense. We're fit into the schedule. And you went for like an hour or something, right? Which yeah. is both a lot of time and is also not that much time in the day. And then you had some time like by yourself maybe that same day or around then. And then you came. we had a conversation shortly after that. And you're like, I just have forgotten that I need that time and space. Yes. And I think both of us struggle with feeling like sitting down and reading by ourselves or spending time thinking or going for a walk is selfish when it's like it's actually really helpful because when I do those things I want to be and I think I act like a better person and so I have and I offer more to our kids and to you Um, and so it's I I think one thing that's interesting is that I I do feel like there are a lot of external um, voices sort of telling us how to do this so there's one external voice out there that's like, you should take time for yourself and be intentional about taking time for yourself. There's another external voice that says, you should be the craft queen. You should be doing sidewalk chalk every day. You should be like savoring all of these moments with your kids. It's really hard to figure out where to land. And both of them, I feel like if I'm not doing it intentionally, I'm somehow failing. Whereas sometimes like I might be in the middle of doing something something with the kids and I feel like I'm going to lose it. It's okay for me to not have this like intentional like okay kids, right now I'm going to go for a walk and it's going to like it's almost like I'm asking for permission. Like it is okay to have um to lack permission from your kids to just walk away for a minute just letting them know like hey, I'm going to go out for a walk. I'll be back. You know, like I, but I feel the tension on both sides. Like there's just there are a lot of external voices that tell us how we should parent and how we should take care of ourselves. Um, but the truth is, I think when I think about our topic of like modeling behavior for our kids, like what I want them to know is, I want them to have 
an internal gauge to say, I need space, and to have the freedom to just say, oh, I just need some space, to be able to communicate that well, and then take that for themselves, not because they need permission from anybody. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I would say that one of the challenges for us is not just, oh, our kids are needy, or they're small, or young, or what have you, but it's actually that in our marriage, we struggle with this. I think both of us feel some measure of guilt of looking at the other one and being like, hey, I just want to go read or I just want to be by myself. Right. Um, To our detriment and to the detriment of our marriage sometimes where we both feel a certain amount of guilt and so we end up hanging out, which we like each other and all, but but also um, it kind of creates, it just creates exhaustion, I think, because we don't have that time just one-on-one or not one-on-one by ourselves uh, to, to re, whatever, yeah, what's the word? Recreate? I don't read. know. Read. Read. R-E-A-D, read. Well, I think the other side of that is that sometimes we can say things, um, with a tone that assumes the other person is not allowing that. And so rather than saying, Hey, I'm just going to go read for a little while. You might say, yeah, well, I'm going to read now. Like sort of this, like, I might overtone. say that. No, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of this, but I'm saying like, I know that marriage is complex and there are all kinds of elements. Like I think you and I struggle with like not letting each other feel free in one way, but I think that there are other ways that we sort of trap each other, um, like assume upon each other various feelings that may not be there. Right. Yeah. A lot of the feeling guilty, like, oh, it would be bad if I asked for time by myself is actually totally made up in our heads, right? right? Like you have asked me and felt like I was going to say no. And I'd be like, oh, that's great. Let's go do that. And vice versa. I have often felt trapped, but it's a cell, if you will, jail of my own making yeah. because I'm making assumptions about what you need or want or think. Or how I'll respond or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, one of the things, so we were talking about modeling behavior as being important and as important as um, intentional, uh, behaviors during the day, which like, which I think the, the main thing we want to really talk about and say is to encourage each other that your intentional time is valuable, but what you're modeling is even more valuable. And so like when I say things like crap, that is a behavior that has modeled something to our kids. Um, and that was not an intentional lesson, but it sure was picked up you know yeah it was a powerful one yeah uh yeah that's exactly right and modeling uh distance so modeling time to be alone modeling that work is important and it's valuable to produce um and so that means you can't be around your kids sometimes those are lessons that are good for them to see uh modeling uh trust in each other Um, Mm -hmm. i think for us modeling trust in God that when time is stressful, uh, we're going to act stressed. We're going to get angry more easily, but not sort of ignoring that with our kids or not allowing them to understand that, but going to them and saying, this is how I feel right now. I'm a little bit stressed or I feel worried about X, Y, or Z. I'm sorry that I snapped at you and can you forgive me? But helping them see your thought process and sort of modeling, this is what's going on, helps them know what a normal way to deal with their own anxiety or anger or fear might be. Right. And it's not like a conversation where you sit across the table from your child and you're like, here's how I'm feeling and this is how it works. And this is like this sort of rigidity. It is you a don't natural, need a diagram. 
<laughs> right. It's a natural flow of teaching our kids like what is normal. I was actually reading this week, my cousin has started writing for a blog that um, curates a bunch of different writers. And one of the things that she wrote was actually about this. I thought it was really apropos. She was talking about how um, she has said a prayer every time a helicopter flies over like a flight for life flies over, she um, says a prayer, and her kids haven't really followed suit, or they, they'll pray with her, like, you know, but she's the leader of that, and um, one of her sons actually said, um, as a helicopter flew over, before she said it, he said, oh man, someone's having a bad day, we need to pray for them, and um, it's a beautiful example of how our kids are really watching, even though we, we may not think that they are both positive and negative. Like I think our kids are learning a ton from us. And I'm actually, I'm really encouraged by that because I do think that like if you do the work internally, if you do the work on yourself, um, if you live out um, what you really are convicted about and what you believe, if you live out grace and mercy, um, our kids are going to follow that. And that takes a tremendous amount of pressure off. Um, they naturally are going to see kindness if you are kind. Um, so what it says to me is I do need to take walks so that I am healthy and can, and can model something good for them that has enough space to breathe and, and rest. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I would say we also get a chance to model the struggle, like to model that these things are hard or that we fail, that we're not always kind yeah. Um, and to let them in on that of like, how do we process that? How do we deal when we have made mistakes or let people down or hurt people? Mm-hmm. And how do we deal when other people have hurt us or we feel let down or we feel sadness? Um, I think a lot of us have experienced relationships as children or might be uh, helping our children experience sort of a a lack of understanding and almost a loneliness in those feelings Mm. because it's not expressed and it's not normalized. It's covered up or suppressed, Um, Mm -hmm. you know? So if we're always trying to cover up our sadness or our brokenness or our faults and not really processing those in an age-appropriate way with our kids, then they start to assume that their feelings should be suppressed and not expressed and covered up from other people as opposed to being in an environment where you can talk about these things in a safe way, in a grace-filled way, um, and understand that, hey, we all have these feelings. We all make mistakes. And not just negative feelings, but joyful feelings. Like I think that's one of my things. I tend to cover up my joy because I feel like it's going to be judged or seen as silly. Mm-hmm. And so expressing joy and gratitude in front of our kids and letting them see why I'm happy and why I'm excited and what I'm grateful for yeah. allows unlocks for them their positive emotions too to say oh I can express these things I can right. want these things this is good and normal right and I think another piece is that I I frequently will try to compartmentalize those feelings to let them be shown at an appropriate time or place which does make sense like I'm I can't like throw a fit and be angry in the middle of a grocery store with a bunch of people around me right like it makes sense that we gauge ourselves But there is, um, I do think that can go to extremes where we might say, well, like, um, we don't, we don't talk about that until we have a moment to sit down and really discuss it in full, like this intensity. Whereas, like, I think what's been highlighted during COVID while we're shut down, I feel like 
we have all this time and there are just opportunities that pop up through the day that I just need to lean into really well and take advantage of them mm-hmm. rather than saying, oh, let's talk about that later. Like I remember the phrase, my, my parents didn't really say this a lot, but I have a lot of friends who said they heard, you know, wait till your father gets home. Um, and that sort of is the essence of this is sort of like, okay, we're not going to talk about these negative feelings or this joy or whatever you're feeling until it's the right time with the right person in the right place, you know? Um, and that, you know, sometimes that is good, but I think most of the time that's not really like living life together, like rubbing up against each other and having conflict when it may not feel put together or quite fixed or quite right. There's a lot of beauty in um, engaging in those moments and doing them poorly and coming back and saying, man, I think I did that poorly. Could we talk about that? Our mm-hmm. kids learn so much from that. Um, I think it models a lot of humility and ability to flow with other people and what they might be experiencing. Yeah, and I think it is important, as you said, to be in an appropriate place or appropriate kind of emotional state if our kids are freaking out or we're freaking out like that's not the time to unpack it right and doing it in public might not be the time to unpack it but the dis- one of the distinctions I would make is that we shouldn't be communicating that you need to get your stuff all together before we can talk about your feelings right exactly that's exactly what I'm trying to say in one sentence boom that's how you do all the time that's how you do <laughs> I do have one quick question before we go to the start of the week is it about your haircut Oh, you cut my hair yesterday. Not my question. Did a great job. Thanks. You want to post a picture? I do. I also should post a picture of my hand because I cut my hand probably as much as I cut your hair. With the scissors? Yes. Oh, man. That sounds terrible. I'm not a professional. No. (laughs) No, but it's a pretty good job. And my hair was long. It was in the front. It was going down almost to the point of my nose. It was between (laughs) my eyes and the point of my nose. You were kind of like cool guy always whipping your hair back. Yeah. I did not enjoy that. (laughs) It was... It was getting a little bit so, weird. So thank you for that. No, my question was: you keep using this word that I don't understand oh, um, no. throughout Did I the make call. It up? No, it's. Uh, I think you pronounced it humility. What, what is that? <laughs> are you unfamiliar? <laughs> I am pretty unfamiliar. I know you are. <laughs> uh, I waited like to ten explain? minutes to get that joke in, <laughs> and it was worth it. It was your laugh is worth it. So with that, I want to say happy Mother's Day to you, which is today. Hey, thank you. As we record, I want to say happy Mother's Day belatedly to everyone who listens, who's a mother. Thank you so much for listening. And let's go to the stat of the week. (laughs) All right. Great. You ready for this one? (laughs) Yes. So we've been playing some games, some board games. Lots. To pass the time. Mm Mm-hmm. And our dear friends, who I want to give a shout out to, David and Sarah, sent us a game that they found that we have found very, very entertaining. Super fun. Called Throw Throw Burrito. It is probably one of my favorite games. Yeah. So it's like cards, but you do certain things and then you get to throw these styrofoam or not, like squishy burritos at each other. Yeah. And there's also like a... Uh, um, what do you call that? Dual, kind of like back-to-back, take three steps, turn around, throw burritos at each other version. Yeah, so it's version. this super physical game, and it's like if you've ever played spoons, these burritos go in the middle of the table the same way spoons do, and if you get the right combination, you pick up a burrito, and you just like 
Chuck it. Yeah. You really... So one of the problems we had in the first round was that one of our kids got the combination of cards and he picked up the burrito and just whipped it at one of the other kids. Right in the head. So we had to take a step back and... Aim for the body. <laughs> Aim for the body. Aim for the body. We're not looking to take heads off. Yeah, but it just it needs was, to hit them. It doesn't need to kill them. Yeah, it was one of it is one of the best games. It's super fun. So it got me thinking. Oh no! Um, Are we going to throw each things at each other? We can later <laughs> after we stop recording, if you'd like. Real burritos, styrofoam <laughs> ones. Uh, so I did a little bit of research, and I want to see how many of the top-selling board games through all of time, all of history. All of history. Yes, a story as old as time. Um, what do you think the top 20, can you name any of the top 20 top-selling board games of all time? Okay, so question. This does not include card games like Uno. Is that right? No, they're not all technically board games, but they mostly have some sort of board associated okay. with them. Well, let's start with some obvious ones. Shoots and Ladders? Mm, no. Oh my gosh. Thankfully. I'm going to What a terrible game. This. That is a terrible game. Monopoly. Yes. Monopoly is number four. Well done. Um, and I will, t- yeah, keep going. Candyland. Yes. Number nine. But not Shoots and Ladders? Shoots and Ladders is the dumbest thing ever. It is. We've already discussed this. <laughs> uh, the Game of Life. Yeah. The Game of Life, which I just thought was called Life, but it is actually called The Game, the game of Life. Of That's Life. Number 10 on the list. Well done. Nice. Is Settlers of Catan on there? So they just have it as Catan because I think there's different versions. But yes, number 15. Nice. Okay. Ticket to Ride? No. Oh. Maybe a little too new. Or maybe not. I feel like I need to like open our cabinet. Um, yeah. Think Sequence. of Sequence. No. Oh. Th- think of some other really common games. And I will give you a hint. The top three are not like brands. They are a game that doesn't have a brand. What? That's probably more confusing. Sorry. So is sorry on there? Sorry is not on there. Oh. I meant, I mean, like, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it, they don't have brands? Like, the top three don't really have brands? Yeah. You so just, like... Do you want me to give you number one? Yeah. And it'll help you? Chess is number one. Oh, like, okay. Checkers? So checkers is number two. All right. Like, can you think you figure out number three? Chess, checkers, connect four. 20. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Twister. Not, I don't think that's considered a board. It's a mat. Okay. <laughs> um, what else? Can't Number three more. is Backgammon. That's a game I've never played, but oh, I'm very familiar Cribbage? With. Is Cribbage on there? No. So oh. the rest of them, I think, all do have brands. Okay. You got any more guesses before we... No. Okay. Tell me. So number 20 was Connect 4. You got that one. Cranium. Oh, interesting. A Taboo? Game... No. Okay. Uh, a game called Blockus that's spelled like Blocus. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've heard of that? I've yeah. never heard of that. I had to look it up. I had it when I was younger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's almost like Tetris, but like you're competing against people on a board trying to block them. Interesting. With I, it's one of those games, I don't know if anyone has had this, where you have it in your cabinet for a really long time, but you never play it. Uh, we had a handful of those games growing up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the next one is Makara, which I've never heard of. Stratego. You missed that one. 16. That's oh, a common one. I know Makara. Do you? Anyway, Stratego. How do you play Makara? Give me the 10-second overview. I think it's where... I think it's actually no, used a lot... Mancala. Sorry. Yeah. So I think it's actually used a lot in physical therapy or occupational therapy. So you grab a certain amount of stones and yeah. then you have to like release them into certain places. So it's really good actually for kids who may have weak writing skills, like physical handwriting skills, 
They can um, strengthen their hands by, you know, playing with clay, but it's a similar movement where they're picking up stones. That's the only way that I know about it is through that. Apparently uh, existed as far back as 7th century Egypt. Wow. Which makes sense because it's just like stones in a little wood, like little wooden compartments, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Stratego is a game we have that you missed. Risk is number 14 right after oh, Catan. Of course. Right in front of Catan. Pictionary. Is that a board? Yeah, it is a board game. We just I'm, never use the board. I haven't played that game in a decade at least. Really? Yeah. I oh, I mean, I'm, I act surprised. I haven't either. But. <laughs> really? What's wrong <laughs> with you, you, David? Are you serious? You're not playing Pictionary um, of the Week? Othello, which I thought was a play. Rumi, <laughs> is, it, is it Rummy Cube or Rumi Cube? Yeah. That's number 11. Oh, interesting. You got Game of Life 10, Candyland 9, which is just an abomination because it's almost as bad as Shoots and Ladders. Yeah. Battleship 8. Although Candyland, I've made better. I feel like. Because you put candy on the board. I put real candy on the board. (laughs) And if you land on real candy, you get to eat it. So you get like a Smarty if you land on a certain one. Yeah, that's a great way to play. That's pretty fun. So uh, Battleships 8, Trivial Pursuit 7, Clue number 6. Of course it is. That's a great game. Scrabble number 5, and then you got the rest. Monopoly 4, Backgammon 3, Checkers. They've sold 50 billion units throughout all time, apparently. Wow. And Chess number 1. They sell about 3 million sets a year. And and it dates back to about twelve the year twelve hundred. Oh my gosh! So. What are okay? So what are some other games that we're playing right now? We are playing a game called Dragonwood. Dragonwood, a card game, That's really super fun. Fun. Seven like seven year olds can play it. Six year olds can play yep. it. That's skip really go skip bow. Excuse me, is a good game. Yes. And it's a great game for like maybe six, seven, eight year olds because you use a lot of numbers and yes. p- play them on top of each other. You mentioned sequence, which I hate because I lose every single <laughs> time. Uh, another game that we play a lot with our youngest is um, Uno Flip. Uh, so it's a variation of Uno. It's just a little bit more fun. So yeah. you like flip the whole deck over to get different There are numbers on cards. both sides of the cards. Yeah. So it's super fun. And the other one that he likes, which is another good like color game for younger kids, is Monza. Where yes. you roll die that have colors on them, and then you move your car around. That is a really fun game. The other one that um, keeps coming, kind of surfacing, is called Reverse Charades. And oh, yeah. that one's really fun because it takes some teamwork. So there's only one person guessing, and, the, and then the rest of the people are all working together to get that person to guess yeah. what um, is on the card. So super fun. Those are just a few in our cabinet. But throw, throw, burrito, big win. Yep, big win. Did big. you want close to with, close with a few encouraging thoughts before we go? Yeah, so what we really want you to hear today is um, – Model behavior, like you can relax and um, be exactly who you're supposed to be, like be kind, be good, be generous and gentle, and your kids are learning a lot from that. And you can be gracious and forgiving of yourself when you aren't those things. Exactly, with humility. What? (laughs) (laughs) All right, with that, Rachel, thank you for working on the farm. Hey, thank you for working on the farm. Check ya. Check ya.